Hey guys, I'm Pete. And I'm Alex. And you're listening to the Kick Push Pivot Podcast. I'm a former Fortune 500 consultant dedicated to the idea of innovation and growth. And I used to manage marketing tours for the Rolling Stones, focused on creating one-of-a-kind customer experiences. On this podcast, we interview people faced with the decision to kickstart innovation, push through doubt, or pivot to something new. We hope you find something inspiring or encouraging as you listen. Okay, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Kick, Push, Pivot. We have uh, an amazing guest today, Ali from HR for Health. Uh, we look forward to diving into his story today to learn more about the legal side of running a practice. But before we do that, Alex, my co-host, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for the welcome. Good to be here again. Uh, looking forward to this episode. I think it's going to be a fun one. Absolutely. And Ali, thanks for jumping onto the show. Welcome. All right. Thanks, Pete. I appreciate it. Thank you, Alex, for being here too. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I appreciate the invite, guys. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know, a funny story. Uh, we we met through just our business relationship, but it turns out we live in the same hometown. Yeah. So I think that makes us best friends automatically because, you know, it's not a big town. And I just, just, I just moved out of that town, so I guess I'm not part of the group anymore. No, no, sorry. No, you're no, no you're no longer a BFF here. So sorry. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, it's, uh, where'd you move to, Alex? I'm in Martinez now. Actually. Oh, okay, awesome. So awesome. it's about 25 minutes up the 680. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's funny. Two of our lawyers, we hired them independent of one another within like a few months of each other, and they are neighbors. They're like three houses apart in Martinez. And oh, so, nice. uh, so yeah, it's a it's Martinez is actually a really tight knit community. You know, very similar to to you know Pete where we are in Danville. Yeah, yeah, it's a good little town, and Pleasant Hill is right there. There's a lot of good little hiking trails and, and barbecue spots and totally. cool places yeah. to eat. So, okay, don't ever don't ever say barbecue to a North Carolinian ever again on this podcast because oh, Californians, Californians oh, I, do not know what they're talking about as it relates to barbecue. I will go oh, on record geez. for that. Okay, you're not you're not part of the crew anymore, Pete. Ollie and I will be I friends now. I'm my own BFF out. now. I'm, I, I suddenly <laughs> lost two BFFs in one uh, one podcast. That's not cool. <laughs> Oh, that's too funny. Well, Ali, you know, before we get into the, the business side of things, we'd love yeah. to hear more about your story. You know, where, where'd you grow up? You know, where did you go to school? You know, what are some highlights from uh, the younger days? Yeah, uh, well, I'm a I'm a California native, so I I went to school and grew up here in the in the San Francisco Bay Area. I went to Davis for undergrad. It's where I met my wife, and uh, went to law school at Davis as well. And then Aggies. Uh, yeah, we're an Aggie, exactly. And then uh, and then went to D.C. for my master's in tax, which I'll tell you, uh, you know, after all those years of school, I don't know what I was thinking to do my master's, but it has proven to be probably the single best thing I did in terms of all my schooling because wow. I use the tax stuff all the time with our with our clients, right? I mean, it's it's incredible. And uh, and so I did that for for a bunch of years. And then uh, got married and we moved back to the Bay Area. And you know, my wife's a dentist here in Danville. She's a pediatric dentist, and we've uh, we've been here the entire time. So 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 pretty cool. What what part of the Bay Area did you grow up in? Uh, Danville, Danville. Oh, you grew up in Danville. Yeah. So did you go to SRV? I, I went to Monta Vista. Monta Vista, yeah. okay, Mustang yeah, I guy. Yeah. I grew up. At, I went to Dublin. Oh, did you? So okay, not right. not far away. And then I went to Sacramento State for two years. So. Uh, 
Davis was our big rival for football every year. Oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the Causeway Classic and all yep. that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, we, we, it, was, it was fun, man. I, I, I have no regrets. I mean, I, for me, it was between Berkeley and Davis. And, and when I went to Davis's campus, it was, I, I just fell in love. You know, it was like, it was like Danville back in the day, you know, a lot of fields, just a lot of trees, people biking around and, and yeah, uh, a lot of was, bicycles. What's that? A lot of bicycles. Yeah. Yeah. And they still had, I never had a bicycle stolen, by the way. Right, really? a lot of my friends did, but not me. Yeah. <laughs> did they? Did they still have picnic day when you were going oh, yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah. Picnic yeah. day was a great, great time. Yeah. 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 They have. Uh, yeah. They have Earth Day as well. But you know, during Earth Day, you used to be able to put your hand in the stomach of a cow. You know that the vet department had like, like you know, created this thing, and you could put your hand inside the stomach and feel the intestines. And then while I was there, like people got, you know, got really mad about that. And so they stopped doing that. But that was always a thrill Jeez. for the little kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's a, it's a clear for the, for our listeners there. That is what they call a country land grant college. When you can feel the <laughs> intestines of a cow. I mean, that's right. <laughs> growing up in North Carolina, we, you know, we're from the South, but never got that opportunity. So that sounds like a special memory for you. So congratulations. Yeah. 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 That's very. Yeah, that's cool. one of the reasons why I'm not a vet. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's cool. So yeah. yeah, so law school and tax masters. Yeah, that's pr- that's pretty amazing. So you've kind of been around a little bit. What brought you back to the Bay Area? So we were getting married in our, you know, since we both grew up here, it was sort of a no-brainer. Uh, we were debating between, you know, D.C., Cincinnati, where she did her residency, and then uh, places like San Diego. But it was hard to not come back to the Bay Area. It's such an awesome place to, to you know, to live and grow up and raise a family. And um, and then I came back, and and you know, we're, we were here just doing the big corporate law thing. And uh, I started working with a lot of her classmates and co-residents. And then I fell in love with you know healthcare and dentistry, and uh, and then just decided to open up the law firm and do my own thing. And actually. I don't know if you guys saw on social media, but on Tuesday, this past Tuesday, uh, was our uh, 15-year anniversary. Was our 15-year anniversary? So, congrats! Yeah. So it was pretty cool on the ninth, and uh, we uh, we had a blast. And uh, I, you know, time flies, as they say. But boy, yeah, 15 years did really pass quickly. So, wow, that's amazing! Congratulations! That's a big Thanks. achievement. Thanks. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it's been fun. That's awesome. So your wife was also a dentist and mm-hmm. she was practicing at the time you guys moved out? Yeah, she had just finished her residency. So yeah, we moved out and then she got her first job out here and, uh, and uh, yeah, just started, you know, um, you know, working. And, uh, and then I opened up my firm and we had sort of a plan where she was going to work for a number of years and I was going to open up the law firm. And then, you know, after a couple of years where, you know, things got kind of steady for me where she was going to do her own thing. And, and that was, you know, that, that's, that's probably one of the things that I think, you know, as we were talking before the show today, you know, that's one of the things that I think really excites me about what I do and why I'm so passionate about kind of speaking on these topics of entrepreneurship and, and helping our doctors become practice owners is because, it, it's such a special thing to be able to have your own business like that, right? And especially when you're, you know, a dentist or an optometrist or veterinarian or any of these specialists and you are out there and you, you know, you have four, five, six hundred thousand dollars of debt. You know, I just had my first client that was nine hundred and seventy thousand dollars of debt, you know, between, between undergrad, 
you know, uh, dental school, residency. And, you know, I mean, it's just like, it's a massive amount, wow. a massive amount. And, and so, you know, the way to like empower them and get them out of just that rut of, you know, being an associate and kind of doing their own thing is pretty exciting. And so that, that really gets me up, you know, every day because, you know, helping people get their job, get their careers off the ground and buying a practice is pretty awesome. Yeah, I can, I can hear that too. You know, that master's in tech coming to play when you, you know, work with a client and they're that deeply into debt just because of the nature of how the business starts. I mean, right yeah. away you're providing good, solid value for someone that's looking for, for help. Yeah, exactly, Pete. And, and, you know, the other part of it about this is that, you know, I think people forget that, you know, you, you get a lot of benefits by being able to, you know, play games, right? Whether it's tax games with the IRS and the state or, you know, things that you can do with lenders and, you know, being able to pay off your debt quickly if you have, you know, student loans. Like there's all these things that you can do to really minimize your um, the amount of interest you pay, right? And they're just, it's just like math equations, right? And, uh, and, uh, and so I love, like when I go to schools and I teach this stuff to the, to the, you know, soon to be graduates, they're always like, oh my gosh, how come I didn't know this? And because, you know, lenders don't want to teach that to you, right? You know, they're making money on the interest rates, right? They don't want to teach you how to pay off your student loans and your other things quickly. And, and it's cool to, it's cool to be able to do that. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so you, you, you obviously speak a lot. I mean, I've, I've, I've seen you at different events and you certainly have a lot of stuff going on in social media as well. So how did you get from you and your wife coming here, doing the big law thing to where you are today? How did you, how did you kickstart, uh, this, this concept that's now 15 years old? Yeah. Well, I was, like I said, I was just, uh, working on, um, some, you know, friends and family type stuff uh, with her classmates and co-residents, right. Just kind of doing stuff for them on the side, just for fun. And then, uh, and then just realized, wow, it's, this is a lot more fun, uh, you know, working with uh, dentists and other doctors than it is, you know, working for the Fortune 1000, right? You know, I, you know, I'd, I'd have big clients and, and, you know, other, you know, folks, you know, that would come through the firm and we would represent them. But it was, it was just a different experience, right? Here, you're like impacting someone's life uh, because they're, you know, you're helping them kind of get started. And, uh, and, you know, the Fortune 1000, they don't need Ali the lawyer, right? Like there's thousands of lawyers that can help them. But, uh, but, you know, this group at the time that we started, you know, there was only like three guys doing it. And, uh, and we were one of those, you know, we ended up being one of those. And it was pretty cool, because we were able to make a difference pretty quick. So wow. So just classic entrepreneur story, right? Seeing a need, and just stepping in there to help people. And then things just kind of grow from there. And I imagine, imagine the early days, if I was going to guess, probably word of mouth, it's really oh. how you, you kind of spread your wings and kind of took off on your own. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I usually don't talk about this story, but, you know, it's 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 kind of crazy. The first couple of years was, you know, you, you start to doubt yourself, right? Like any entrepreneur does when they're starting a new business. It's, you know, you really you really start to doubt yourself because it's not like the, you know, the doors open and, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people are coming in it's, it's, you know, one client a week, right? And then that becomes, you know, two clients a week. And there were times when I was like, Oh, my gosh, what did I do? I left this big, you know, six digit salary, like this awesome position. And now I'm like, you know, doing this other thing. And, and but it takes a couple of years, and then you get traction, like you said, Pete, you know, you get word of mouth, and then suddenly, you know, it just starts to roll and your reputation starts to build on itself. 
but boy, it was, it mm. was, it, it was scary the first, you know, for, for first little while. Did you guys have kids in those early days? We did. You did. Yeah. Did. Yeah. 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 We did. We had one and we had, uh, actually we just had one. Yeah. We had just had one. And, and I'll tell you, that's one thing that I, I hear a lot from, from young doctors. They say, Oh, you know, I'm going to wait until I'm done having kids or, or, and, and I always say, you know, that actually is like, is, is a misnomer or, or they'll say, I'll wait until my kids are older. Right. And, and, and I think that actually is, I mean, it's kind of counterintuitive, but I think that's actually the exact opposite of what you should do when the kids are younger is when you really want to start a business, even though it's risky, mm. you know, right? because it's a business, a new business. I think that's the time to do it because mm. They're not mobile, really, right? You know, they're not in sports. They're not in activities. They're not in all this other stuff. And so you can still kind of do whatever you need to do and control that environment, right? But as soon as, you know, like right now, I coach soccer for my kids. You know, I, I attend their plays. You know, we do all the, you know, picking up from dance and horseback riding and tennis and golf. And, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, like, like, it's like everything is going on. So, like, if I wanted to do start something now, I'd be like, you know, how am I going to pay for all these activities? <laughs> yeah, not to mention the the teenage angst, right? That you have to deal with now. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't. Yeah, yeah. Don't, let's not go down that road, Alex. <laughs> this, this is going to turn into a therapy session if we're going to talk about teenager. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's interesting. I mean, because you know, I've got young kids kids as well, and it's always a question you have to ask yourself: um, When is the right time to make that big surge towards that dream you have, or that that, you know, big goal, that's going to take a, a pretty big chunk of energy to get there. When you do that, you know, I think it's great advice. I mean, to think about, you know, like you said, maybe younger is better just because of the, the flexibility you have as a parent to kind of work around the kid's schedule um, yeah. Yeah. And, and all that. So what was the scariest thing for you in those early days? I mean, you mentioned being nervous because their clients weren't, weren't hot and heavy yeah. coming in, but uh, is there anything specific that really kind of made you doubt yourself? You know, I don't know if I ever doubted myself, but I did worry about, you know, would the community accept us, right? Like, would the community that we're going after and wanting to work with, would they accept us as one of their own and trust us and want us to help them achieve their dreams, right? And and it wasn't like I was doubting them trusting me personally, right? It was more, would they trust someone coming into it brand new? And I think this is something that every entrepreneur, whether you're starting a tech company or in our world, right, you're a doctor, you think about, right, is, hey, I'm going to open a new office in downtown, whatever, Newport Beach. Is the community going to want to come see me? Right. Like, is, you know, is, am I the right person? And so those doubts, I think, creep in. And then you think, well, where, where are the patients going to come in for us? It was, you know, where are we going to get the clients from? And, and, you know, I think what ends up happening is that when you start putting your story out and what you're about into the world, into the universe, the universe has a way of kind of giving it back to you. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, you know, I, I think there's people out there who attract a certain group of patients um, and just like, you know, I think we attract a certain group of doctors, right? Um, you know, we, we typically don't get the, the kind of doctors who, you know, are, you know, you know, trying to negotiate fees and penny pinching and, you know, they, they, they get, they, they, because, 
you know, they understand that it's not about that, right? It's about kind of going from where they are to where they're going to go, which is, you know, success, right? And they need some hand, you know, handholding throughout that process. But then once they get there, they know, look, I've got everything I need, you know, from Ali at least, you know, to get to where I need to go. Now it's my turn to kind of ramp it up. And, and so, so I think that fear is something that everyone who's starting a new business has to overcome. And, and I, I did too. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's interesting. So, so today you now have essentially two companies, right? You have yeah. your, your law firm, which is yes. kind of your roots. And then you also have another organization. So can you share just a couple of sentences about each one of those groups and how they kind of work together and work with clients? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, you're right. The law firm was kind of where it all started. Um, and we, you know, we help doctors all across the country on practice transitions and employment law, estate planning, uh, and, and trademarks, you know, partnerships, leases, you know, things of that nature, just the bread and butter, um, legal, legal aspects of what a, a dental medical practice needs. Uh, and then about 10 years ago, I noticed this trend where a lot of our clients and you know other clients who weren't ours yet were getting sued for HR violations, and we looked at that very very kind of intensely and did some research and realized that a lot of these doctors really didn't have their HR house in order. Right? They they had an employment manual that they had gotten from some mom and pop organization, right? Um, or they had gotten it from a payroll company or maybe from a lawyer. But that's all they had. They didn't have everything else. And so that was causing them to get sued. And so, you know, at that point, I said, look, we need to, you know, we need to create something for prevention purposes. Right. So just like a Mm -hmm. dentist, right, teaches you how to brush your teeth and talks to you about, you know, oral health and, you know, talks about Sonicare and all the other things that you need to kind of have, you know, good oral hygiene because it's about prevention. In my mind, we needed to do that for our doctors because they really w- didn't know how to prevent these lawsuits. And so, so we created HR for health and, uh, and, uh, it's been really amazing ride because we, um, we, you know, we sort of bootstrapped it from the beginning and, and grew very kind of, um, uh, deliberately, right. And conservatively, because I wanted to take an, a, you know, all everything that we had and put it right back into the business. And so our team has grown, you know, since then, and our number of clients has like really been great. And, and, um, and, and the reason was we wanted them to just be safe and we have made such a difference, Pete. I mean, it's so cool mm-hmm. because, you know, uh, the, the number of people who contact us saying, dude, I was so stressed out about my HR. I was so stressed out about my employees. I didn't know how to hire them. I didn't know how to do this. I didn't know how to do that. And you guys have saved me, you know, have saved me from being that stressed out. Now I can focus on my practice is like so satisfying for me. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, we've always kept our prices super low because we didn't want it to be about that. And so we wanted it to be just sort of a, something that had a low burden for them. And, and it's been, it's been an awesome ride. So, yeah. And so, so now you guys provide legal advice for the law firm and then you yeah. provide HR consulting advice as well as, you know, other elements that are connected to, to HR, like a handbook, like payroll, yeah. things like that. Yeah. hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah. We provide we provide a handbook for free, so you don't have to spend the four or five k that it takes to get one. Uh, and we give it every year. We give them payroll at you know below you know what the other guys are doing, which is awesome. We're about to roll out four hundred one k 
you know, in January. And again, there we have gotten this incredible pricing. Um, we, we just saved a large group, actually $30,000 on their 401k recently. $30,000. Wow. That's incredible. It's incredible. It's incredible. And you think about the fees that these guys are paying. It's like unbelievable, right? Unbelievable. And so, and so we went and, 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 and they get more actually from us too, because of the way our product is created. So, so it's pretty, pretty awesome, but we, we want to disrupt that market, just like we did the HR side, which is to give really incredible payroll, incredible 401k tied to what we're, what, what is really the, the, the crux of the software, which is all HR. So, mm. Mm. so yeah, it's, 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 it's an exciting fun time. Very cool. Yeah. I want to back up a little bit here, Ali, and talk about that pivot from legal to starting an HR business, which is yeah. it's very interesting. And did you I want to know, did you have any like background in HR and how does that start? Did you have to have maybe bring in some helpers um, to yeah. help you facilitate that? How does that work? Yeah. And so so I mean my background was mostly all in law, right? And so mm-hmm. we uh, we were helping so many doctors with their employment manuals and lawsuits and all these kinds of other things that was was going on that that was the crux of why we started hr for health so so it was it's very and it still is to this day very compliance heavy right uh, it has to be right i'm a lawyer so <laughs> right. but but it, it's very compliance heavy so our goal is to make sure that they are 100 percent compliant with all the different regulations whether it's federal, state, local. Um, and then and then we've got other things that help them, you know, manage their team members and get better performance and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, yeah, that was the background. And, you know, we, we developed sort of the first um, version of HR for Health. And then, uh, and then after that, I, a few years later, I brought in a partner um, who became sort of my co-founder for a while. And he kind of built HR for Health into something that allowed us to really grow it into what it is today because you know when we when i first developed it it was really for one office at a time right it was for the single practice owners and then and then what he did was he built it on a platform that allowed us to really scale and that was really cool right that was really cool uh since then you know we've been able to redevelop it even further where you know we realize even what he had built back then wasn't sufficient for what we need now. And right now, you know, between multi-practice owners, you know, DSOs, group practices, um, you know, they're they're some of our biggest clients. Um, and of course, you know, our single owners are still there and 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 doing great. That's awesome. And it sounds like you're continuing to grow. So I guess my next question is, what what does the future hold? Where are you guys headed? You know, I mean, I, I think, I mean, our goal is, you know, we, we want to really be the dominant HR provider nationally. I mean, we, um, we right now we have a great reputation. We're growing very fast, uh, but we we want to be what, you know, Salesforce is, you know, uh, you know, to to that world. Uh, for us, we want to be that for HR and, and healthcare. Wow. Um, and uh, we've got some really great partnerships. And so we're building on all of those and, and growing very fast. So, so, uh, so yeah, so all good things. I mean, I think it's, it's continued growth, making more difference in, in more people's lives by, by reaching out to them. So. Yeah. Well, I, and I know that you guys are kind of unique in the space too, having your own technology, which is a huge advantage, right? Because you bring the yeah. expertise on the law side, the expertise in the HR and payroll side, but then having the technology that's been designed 
to support practices, which is kind of, it's not a one size fits all kind of thing you might get from another competitor. That's a payroll company. Yeah. Well, and, and you're exactly right, Pete. A lot of people have tried to kind of copy what we're doing, you know, total, you know, imitation, you know, imitation kind of very, um, very, you know, um, competitors, if you will. And what, what's really different about, I think what we're doing is that we own every line of code. Right. And so for us, you know, we control it. We, we, add to it, we we improve upon it on a daily basis. And so so with that, we're very agile and it allows us to really develop exactly what the customer wants, which is one of the reasons why we've been able to kind of grow and, and retain so many of our clients. Um, but you know, you're right. I mean, payroll companies are payroll companies and they say they do HR, but it's really not what they're focusing on, right? They, they might have some of the federal documents, but they don't really have anything else, right? For us, we're not a payroll company. We're not a 401k company. We're an HR company. These other things are just bolted on to what we do because they're they're just things that are you know fit well with HR. You know, so um, so. But you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, I think I think there are some people that will go towards towards a payroll company because they just don't know any better, right? Right now, and so that's our job is to educate them on what really we do and why you know we're we're better for them. So. Yeah. And, um, as you wrap up the show and come to an end here, um, are there any nuggets of advice that you could pass on to the audience? Maybe people that are in a practice and they're feeling stressed out about some of the things we've been talking about today, or maybe they're a new, uh, person coming out of school and they're thinking about starting their own practice and the debt thing is really top of mind. Any nuggets of advice you can share for our audience? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, I, I think, I think the the thing I would say is uh, just do it, right? Just just take the risk and go for it. Um, it doesn't mean that doesn't mean be crazy, you know, and don't take precautions by trying to minimize your risk, but just do it and jump in and try to be a practice owner. Look for partners and advisors like like us who can really kind of hold your hand through it and show you that it's doable, you know, um, thousands, if not tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands in the history of mankind, you know, have opened up their own dental practices, you know, optometry practices, veterinary practices, medical practices, small businesses, and they've done great. And so there's no reason why I think you can't do it either if you're listening today, but I think you need to do it with a group of advisors that can really kind of show you how it's done and how it's done well. I think the worst thing is to sit on the sidelines, right? To sit on the mm-hmm. sidelines and look at what could have been. And, you know, I know we're ending, but I'll tell you a quick story that happened, you know, during COVID, you know, we had, uh, we had a lot of associates call our office last summer and, uh, you know, offices were opening up again, right? As you know, and people were coming back to work, but what was happening is a lot of these doctors were not being brought back to their associateships. So, so, the offices closed in March. They were terminated, and uh, because there was no there were no patients being seen. And then when offices opened up again, they weren't brought back, at least not immediately. And so what happened is a lot of these associates suddenly realized, I don't have a job, I can't get unemployment because I don't own a uh, you know really a business. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I, I can't get federal funding because I don't own a business. I might get unemployment, right? Maybe if I apply and it moves quickly, but that's not very much money. And so they were left out without really any options. And those Mm -hmm. associates are now coming in and are super motivated to be buyers, right? They're buying strong practices. 
they're getting their loans and just moving forward because they never want to be in that position. So, you know, obviously, you know, I hope that we never face another pandemic, but that's a lesson that I think everyone who's listening today, who's not a practice owner, who wants to be, but has been hesitant, you can take some lessons from that, right? Which is Mm -hmm. don't wait for another pandemic, right? Don't wait for that hard lesson. Just plan ahead and plan on becoming a business owner. And as long as you do it smartly with good advisors, you're going to do great. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. So thank you, Ali, for coming on to the show today. Great advice, great wisdom. If people want to reach out to you and learn more about what you do on a law firm or the HR side, what's the best place for people to go? Um, so they can uh, they can go to our website, which is www.dmcouncil.com, and that's D M like Mary, and then C O U N S E L dot com, or they can call our office, which is nine two five nine 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 eighty two hundred, and uh, and, uh, and and find some time to chat, and uh, and I'd be happy to chat with anybody. And and I have to tell you guys, this has been awesome. I you know whenever I get invited to to, to, you know, podcasts or webinars. It's usually about HR topics or legal topics. I never get to really talk about like the history of, of how all this kind of came together. So, Mm -hmm. so I appreciate you guys uh, doing this. This is, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you. And, and Pete, we're not going to let you get away without giving us a dad joke because we haven't had one this episode. (laughs) You're right. I've been holding, we were were talking about history without one. We were talking about history. So why did the pharaoh visit the dentist? Oh man, it's got to e- be something about tombs. Egypt's tooth. Uh, <laughs> dang it! That's all I got. That's for a you, good guys. one. That's a good one. Oh my god! <laughs> Take that back to your stressed out clients. Ali is a gift. From, there you uh, go. There you go. I was talking for that joke. <laughs> Egypt's awesome. tooth. All right. Well, thank you again, Ali. Look forward to to more uh, adventures together in the future. And um, that's all we got. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Thanks, Ali. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure to like, follow, and subscribe on Kick Push Pivot on all our social medias. And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at KPP Podcast. If you'd like to be on the show or know someone who would make a great guest, feel free to reach out. Hope to see you next time.